Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Welcome back. Today we're here with Rob Sitterly. He's the president and CEO of Artex Ready, which is the Arkansas, Texas Regional Economic Development Incorporated. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate your time. So uh, I'm glad that we're able to finally connect and uh, get on here. You were recommended by a previous guest on the Econ Dev Show. Now that I say that, I forget who it was, but someone <laughs> recommended that uh, uh, I get you. Oh, I know. It was Andrew Sloss. He said that I should have you on the show, even though you were a Yankees fan. Yes, I uh, born and raised in upstate New York and have uh, been a Yankees fan my whole life. Although I will say now that I'm in Texas, one of my board members here at Ready is part owner of the Houston Astros. So um, I've now become an Astros fan as well. That's an occupational hazard as we move around, isn't yes. it? Yes, it is. Tell our listeners a little bit about uh, Texarkana. I don't know a lot about it myself, and I'm sure that some of them don't as well. You know, where's located and what's special about the place? Yeah, Texarkana is a twin city located at the very northeastern tip of Texas and southwestern tip of Arkansas. And so we have a Texarkana, Texas and a Texarkana, Arkansas. And you could be in Texas uh, having a bite to eat, walk across to get an ice cream, and you're in Arkansas or vice versa at any point. So really kind of a unique place uh, that offers a lot of assets for businesses that are looking to make either an expansion move or a complete relocation. Uh, we're very blessed that we've got infrastructure here from road, rail, and air. We've got a regional airport. Uh, that connects us directly to Dallas, Fort Worth um, on a daily basis. Uh, internets, highways scatter the region um, as well as rail. The community was originally built by the, by the railroad uh, years and years ago. And so we've got two major lines, um, Union Pacific and um, Southern Kansas, Kansas City Southern. Uh, just a, a, a great place that is built on a legacy of hard work. Um, it's on the back of my business card. We're a proud region of American builders. And so there's this legacy here that just exists that we know how to make things. Uh, all of our institutions of higher learning are, are tailored um, to make sure that we don't lose that trait. And so uh, another unique attribute to the community is we're the only community in the country that can call home to two public university systems. We've got Texas A&M Texarkana and the University of Arkansas Texarkana that call itself home here. Uh, pair that with Texarkana College, which is a community college uh, that has a school of advanced manufacturing. Uh, and you really create a workforce and college towns type of atmosphere uh, that doesn't exist in a lot of communities our size. Sure. And how big is Texarkana? The whole the MSA is practically 150,000 folks. Okay. Um, but as you look, you know, you look outside within a 45 minute or um, 90 mile drive, you're within touch of millions of folks. 
Sure. And so even though our MSA is, is small compared to other locations, uh, we, we really box up in, in, in weight class classes for sure. So where do you see Texarkana in 10 years? What's on the horizon? We spent a lot of time, um, kind of looking to the future here and what does that look like for our town? Uh, as I said, you know, we are, we are a manufacturing community. I don't see that changing whatsoever. I think we play to that strength and I think we just kind of piggyback on that and, and we use that strength to, to attract other manufacturing operations, whether it's aviation, automotive, uh, we've worked really hard. Um, to offer some assets in terms of property um, that we just didn't have before. We, we, we forever have had the Red River Army Depot um, and, and they have thousands and thousands of acres um, that is managed by a group called Tex Americas. And so for the right industry, whether it's Homeland Security, Defense, um, certain manufacturers, gun manufacturers, ammunition manufacturers, you know, Tex America is, is going to be the perfect site. Um, that is where the workforce is and they understand how to, how to basically put a gun together, make a bullet, make a bomb, uh, r really kind of a unique set of skills that exists there. And so we looked at how could we basically help, um, and maybe complement that site. And so ready, uh, with, with the help of, um, cities and, and both counties. Uh, Bowie County on the Texas side and Miller County on the Arkansas, we systematically worked through a number of properties, dozens and dozens of properties that we toured and looked at and negotiated with until we came up with two additional sites to help complement Texas America. So we've got 850 acres on the Texas side that we call already East Texas Logistics Center. Uh, we think that's going to be light industrial um, distribution, logistics, uh, that those sort of projects. And on the Arkansas side, we came up with 1,350 acres that we're calling the Ready Arkansas Manufacturing Center. Uh, that's going to be the more heavy manufacturing that, that would be an aviation, auto plant, something of that nature. Interesting. So the, uh, Artex Ready is a regional nonprofit. So you've got members, I would assume, on both sides of the border that, that want to see Texarkana prosper. How large is your organization? How many employees, you know, work there with you? So uh, organization is still relatively young. Um, I've been here a little less than three years. Um, and the organization literally started, um, opened its doors when I got here. Uh, so we've got a couple of folks here in the office. Uh, and then I've got a bunch of consultants that I work with all over the South. Sure. Um, so our team here in Texarkana is three employees. Um, but if you factor in the consultants that we have on call on a regular basis, in fact, just hung up with one before we started this call, um, you know, we're probably double digits right around okay. 10 folks sure. that, that at any time can help kind of pitch in and either carry a project or answer questions or provide data that's pertinent to, to the project at hand. Sure. Being that you straddle the border, do you recruit businesses like communities in Texas do, wherein you sort of um, play to your strengths and wait for them to come to you because you're uh, Texas and you assume that everybody knows that Texas is the best place to live? Or do you recruit like you're in Arkansas, where you go out and beat the bush and really work those leads in the field? Which, how do you recruit? 
Yeah, great, great question. Um, and it's pretty simple. We are relentless in our approach to proactively go out and touch folks, talk to uh, site selectors all over the country, uh, talk to corporate executives, use um, new and and kind of creative ways to 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 reach out. Uh, we use um, artificial intelligence uh, to have conversations with with businesses all over the all over the globe, um, and we touch them via email um, or through our site. Uh, our website at artxredi.com. Um, we are not resting on our laurels. Uh, we, we feel like we've done a lot here in, in less than three years, um, but we've got to tell the story and we've got to be out in front of these folks because Texarkana isn't someplace that everybody knows about. You know, it's not your New York, your Los Angeles, your Houston, your Miami. We need to tell the story of what makes us unique and what strengths we have here, which quite frankly, we have a lot, uh, we have a lot to sell, but if we're not proactive and aggressive and relentless in our approach every single day, um, then we're not doing a service for, for our group that we represent. And to your point earlier, yeah. So we've got board members uh, that, that represent both sides of the state line. Um, you know, we're, we're very fortunate. We are privately funded 100% at this point. Uh, no public money has been put into our, to our organization. Um, and it, and it really, it really comes from a group of folks that, that wanted their children, their children's children to basically call this home for the rest of their lives. And so we go away to college. Uh, there is no brain drain, so to speak. They come back and we'll work here. And so, you know, when you've got unselfish purpose in your life, like those folks, um, to basically make sure that, that we create the best community we can in the country, the, the best educated, best connected via broadband infrastructure, um, whatever it may be, um, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna win. And, and I'm, I'm very bullish on the fact that, that we've got a lot of things, um, that, that a lot of communities would, would kill to have. Sure. Sounds like it. So you've had an interesting history, and and now that I know that Artex Ready was basically founded when you got there, that you were the they hired you to start it up. Looking through your LinkedIn and looking over your jobs, you were a business, you did business development, and then you were in finance, and then you left that. You were a golf pro, and then you were the vice president of Enterprise Florida. Then you left that, went back into finance, and then ended up in Artex Ready. So. How did this all play out? And did, you know, did you want to be in economic development? Did you sort of fall into this? How did that work? Yeah, I, you know, I think um, no one really um, kind of sets out saying, you know, I want to be in economic development. It's, it's one of those kind of unknown positions in the world. You know, I, I, I talk about it all the time when I speak in front of large gatherings. You know, I, I've worked um, for multiple governors uh, and, and still to this day, my parents, both well-educated high school teachers probably couldn't tell you exactly what I do for a living. Um, <laughs> so it's one of those strange positions, uh, that exists everywhere. You know, people just kind of think that, you know, the, the local tire manufacturer or on a plant just showed up and, and they chose that site because, uh, they wanted to be there. Um, their car broke down or they've, they, they picked a, on the on the map and that's how they ended up there 
Well, we all know that's not true. You know, there's a, there's a team out there basically trying to make a case as to why they should pick their community. And so, you know, right out of college, my first job out of college was in economic development. I worked for the Montgomery County EDC at the time. It's, it's now changed names, but a local economic development group in upstate New York, uh, where I grew up just outside of Albany. Um, you know, I, and, and I met some interesting folks within, you know, finance that kind of dragged me away from economic development. Um, chased a dream for a while, trying to play golf, uh, played on the mini tours, uh, for a number of years and then, and then got back into truly kind of refound the passion that I had, you know, for my very first job, which was economic development was lucky enough to talk with a man, uh, Mike Bobroff at the Orlando EDC. And, uh, he said, you know, I, I don't have a job for you here, but I loved your resume. It was a very unique resume that you sent me. And I just wanted to talk with you. And he made the introduction to a, to a gentleman, Bob Rorlach at Enterprise Florida, uh, met with him, interviewed. And before I knew it, I was running the business development team there uh, at Enterprise Florida. Uh, really a great opportunity. You're uh, very fortunate, you know, where I met hundreds and hundreds of folks in economic development from the site selection side to corporate America. Uh, and made lifelong friends and contacts that that I've been leaning on, you know, my whole career. So as someone who's had uh, success outside of economic development and loves it and has come back, did you bring with you tactics and techniques from from finance over into economic development? I, I, I think absolutely. You know, it, it it's one of those things that and, and I would preach this to my team in Florida all the time. You know, you need a, a good gut to tell you if a project is a good project or a bad one. You know, there are a lot of folks that waste a ton of time chasing bad deals. They don't have financing. Um, they, they, they don't have the maybe technical wherewithal to, to get a project to the finish line. And so if you can't, if you don't have that kind of gut, or maybe even in my case, you know, training where I really understand the, the financial, um, inner workings of a deal, um, thanks to municipal bond brokerage, uh, group that I worked with, um, you know, you're going to spin your wheels and spend a lot of time on projects that just aren't of any value. Um, and that won't go anywhere. And so, yeah, I think, I think for sure, you know, when, when I was out there in private practice, I, I really got a, a, a strong feeling as to what deals would work and what deals wouldn't. And, and so I bring that to every day. I mean, you know, I, any economic developer can relate to projects that you hear all the time that sound great on paper, you know, you, 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 and you want them to be successful. You, you want to try to land, you know, a project that creates 50, hundred, 500 jobs, whatever the number may be, but you really got to get back to the basics. You know, does it make sense? Is it a viable idea, uh, concept that this business is pitching and do they have the finances to make it happen? You know, without those things, then, then you're wasting your time. You're wasting theirs because economic developers don't pick winners or losers. We, we pick what, you know, is a viable project that would make sense in our community. And so, you know, I get, I get calls all the time. I, I did it at the state level. I do at the local level, uh, you know, help us find some money to start this. Well, that's not what we do. And again, it's back to educating folks on what true economic development is. Um, it is a strange sort of position, um, that, 
that, you know, isn't really taught in college. There is, there is no major when it comes to economic development. Although I think schools are now working toward that. And I know there's certificate programs out there that do exist. I've had some friends go through it. Uh, but, but it is, um, you know, the, the beauty of the job is it's every day brings something new. So if somebody wanted to follow in your footsteps, they wanted to be, they're new as an economic developer, or they've been in it for a few years, but they're relatively young. They're new. What advice would you give to them? You know, if they wanted to be in your position for a decade's time, what, what steps should they take in their career to get where you are and have the experiences that you've had? I think, you know, it, it's great to work on the local level. Um, and, and I think ultimately that's where, you know, a, a person would make its, its biggest impact. However, you know, I think that if you want to really understand economic development and you want to be in the, in the throes of a lot of projects, working at the state level is where you need to be. And so, you know, I, I had a, a individual here fresh out of college that had been working for me for maybe six or seven months. And he said, you know, listen, I, I, um, I really want to be in Little Rock and I'd, I'd love to work for the Arkansas Economic Development Commission. You know, what are your thoughts? And I said, I, I think that's a great idea. I mean, I hate to lose you. Um, great, great person, great employee. Um, but I understood that, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna really get into the job, it's, it's all about working you know, a ton of projects and seeing almost everything, you know, we're on the local level, you're going to see projects, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be dealing with a handful of projects as opposed to dozens of projects that, that you would at the state and at the state level, clearly they're, you know, they're more complex. There's more moving parts. There's more things that can go wrong. Um, and so, you know, I, I've, I've done it all, you know, I've, I started on the local level in New York. Uh, worked on the state level. Now I'm at the regional level. And so I, I think ultimately it's a, it's a broad spectrum of projects that able to work. So I've kind of seen uh, a little bit of everything that, that could go right, could go wrong. And so if I'm, if I'm coaching anybody, you know, that's, that's has a couple of years of experience, um, is really interested in making this a career path for their, for their future. I would argue that, you know, you have to be out in front and, and just in front of so many different projects and you need to get your feet wet. Um, and the only real place to probably do that is on the state level. Now, you know, if you're working a major Metro and you're in Houston or, or Dallas, uh, or Chicago, the, you know, then, then you're probably going to see a lion's share and, and, and I would exclude those kind of, those municipalities. Um, but, but predominantly the work that's done in economic development is done on the local level, you know, within a county and on a smaller scale. And so, you know, there's, there's no, um, there's no other option to, to really, uh, roll your sleeves up and see hundreds of projects than, than probably working at a state level. And so my, my argument would be go work on a state level after, after, or, or at least apply, um, you know, if you're working at the local level, you probably have some contacts at the state. Uh, see if you can't get in with the state and, and then get back to, you know, local economic development on a regional or, or local level after, uh, where I think then you're, you'd be a lot more valuable to the group that you're ultimately offering your services to. 
that's good advice. Economic development sometimes attracts people who are real alphas. They want to be known for their wins and they want to be known as the guy who brought Intel to Ohio, for example, that happened today. Uh, let's talk about the team aspects of economic development, because the truth of the matter is at the end of the day, we're all in this together. We all benefit, especially on a regional level. We all benefit if there's you know, projects that make it into our region, even if we're representing a specific community within that region. Having been on the state level and now being at the regional level after having been at the local level, um, do you have any advice for how communities and, and organizations can work together better? Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting comment about there. And there are, there are plenty of alphas that are out there that want to, you know, talk about their wins, tell how all that they've done. Um, but you know, better than, than I, um, it truly is a team sport. And if you're not able to, to be that individual that can unite folks and bring them together, then, then you're going to really struggle, um, when it, when it comes time, because you don't do this alone. I mean, it's just a simple fact. Uh, this, this requires everyone in the community kind of rolling in the exact same location um, and in the same direction. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll use here, you know, for the longest time, we have a Texarkana, Texas and a Texarkana, Arkansas, and they were very competitive. Um, some would say at times, not necessarily a friendly competition. Um, so for me, you know, it was all about, you know, making sure that, that the city managers and the mayors and the county judges were all talking um, and, and all basically supporting the same effort that, that we're, we're trying to achieve here, which is bring new jobs, new capital investment to the region. And, and I've been, I've been very lucky. Um, I've got some great leaders here in the community that, that understand that. And we are all working, uh, towards the same thing, um, which is diversifying the economy, um, and, and giving folks, um, potentially a, a career here, um, and, and a reason to stay, but without a team, without a team working together, it just doesn't, it just doesn't exist. And so you've got to, you know, for those folks that want to tout their wins, um, you know, all, all the more power to them. I, that's not my approach and, and never has been, never will be. Excellent advice again. Well, Rob, I really appreciate you sitting down with us today. I don't want to take any more of your time. Um, if any of our listeners would like to reach out to you, is there what's the best way for them to get into contact with you? My my cell phone is always the best way to reach me. Uh, it's 903-824-1792. Or you can go on our website that I gave earlier. It's www.artxredi.com. Uh, and there's an info page there that you can fill out and send me a question or a comment. Excellent. And I'll uh, be more than happy to answer it. Well, Rob, great. Thank you very much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Dane. Yes, appreciate your time. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.